Well, welcome to this week's edition of View from the Press Box, a comprehensive look at sports right here in central Kansas. I am Scott Hogan, and joining me is Brad Hallier, and we're going to jump right into it as week five of the high school football season is upon us, and for most teams, it will mean week two of district play. And one of the games that we are going to look at right off the bat is our 94.7 KSKU game on the Ad Astra Sports Network. It's a Rice County rivalry game, and somebody, Brad, going to get their first win tonight, or on Friday, I mean. Uh, 0-4 Sterling will host 0-1 Lions. Lions finally got their season underway last week, lost to Trinity 46-0. And Sterling, maybe their best effort of the season, they took Hillsborough on the road to overtime and fell 23-17, to so a little rivalry game to, to start our night. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, first of all, you have to feel happy that Lions got their season started. It didn't go as they had hoped, obviously, but that, that had to have been a tough deal, not getting to play your first three games, and then you have to go play undefeated uh, Hutchinson Trinity Catholic and yeah. 48 to nothing, and boy, it's just a, t- a tough opener. Uh, they only had 85 yards of offense, and it was, it was just, but they were probably just happy to get out there and get to play a game. Sterling on the hand, you know, we talked last week about um, about. Uh, or Owen uh, Four Newton, I'm sorry, uh, might be the best you know winless team in the state. Well, I'll tell you what, I I like Sterling at o, at Owen Four right now. And I know that Coach Brent Schneider probably doesn't want to be bragging about being Owen Four, but you know since that opening 45 to nothing loss to Cedric Scott, they have really played pretty well. They were they lost 14 nothing to Garden Plain again. That was just seven nothing well into the fourth quarter. They lost 17 to seven to Chaparral, and last week they lost in overtime to Hillsborough. So. It, it, you don't want to be 0-4, but I, I tell you what, they Sterling has to feel a little encouraged right now. You know, it's, it's not going to be an easy district. They still got Trinity and Haven coming up. Uh, but I tell you what, this is this is a winnable game for them. And with Marion on the schedule, another winnable game. You know, I think fourth fourth place in this district and getting into the playoffs is not out of reach for this uh, Sterling team. Yeah, I, I – I certainly like Sterling in this game. I really like their defense. We saw them, as you mentioned, against Garden Plain. It was 7 nothing, well into the fourth quarter. And um, they had scored seven points in their first three games. I mean, they just weren't able to get anything going offensively. So, obviously, their best offensive output, they had 17 at Hillsborough. And I said, got it to overtime. So, I think you never like to take feel good about a loss but i think their their confidence is growing and then throw in a little rivalry game lions obviously struggled against a very good trinity team you know sterling's thinking just like you are get our first win we'll be one and one in district and we still got marion coming up and and you can see what happens but i I certainly do like sterling in this one absolutely and the another big thing about and i I don't use let me take that back. Big thing. An important thing for the for Sterling, possibly down the road, is their the the plus minus ratio. Uh, even though they lost by six, overtime games actually only count as plus one or minus one. So Sterling, even though they're own one, has a very valuable uh, point difference right now uh, at minus one. So that that's something that could play a, a factor in seeding coming down the road here. Yeah, you never know. You want to take advantage of you know, every situation you've got to improve that. And, you know, maybe that could be the difference between a, a, a four seed and in the playoffs and a five seed and out of the playoffs. Uh, sure. you, never, you never know what that's going to come down to. So, uh, again, that's the 
4-7 game on KSKU this weekend. And 95-9, as always, we'll have the Bueller Crusaders who check in at 2-1. and one. They're ranked number 10 in Class 4A. And they are out on the road again. It seems like their whole season, except one game, <laughs> has been on the road. They went out last weekend and uh, beat El Dorado 36-14. They're going to take on a 1-3 and three Augusta team who lost a, a close one at Rose Hill 28-26. Both of these teams have played El Dorado, as we mentioned, Bueller this last week. Augusta actually lost to uh, El Dorado in a close one, uh, 16-7. to So Bueller um, feels like they're starting to put some things together, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, maybe they go out and, and get their second road victory and go to 3-1. and one. What I liked what we saw from Bueller last week, Scott, was that they were playing an El Dorado team that was really feeling good about things. You know, El Dorado came into that game two and one and having won two in a row beating Augusta and Labette County. And it, and it was close early on, you know, El Dorado kind of carrying the momentum along, but Beeler quickly put them away by halftime. You know, Sam Elliott's really turning into an, an elite back for this, uh, for his Beeler team. He's got over 400 yards rushing in the last couple of weeks. He's really becoming a workhorse and Augusta, as you mentioned, you know, one and three, but they do have some close losses. You know, uh, they lost by seven to El Dorado. They lost by two to Rose Hill, a Rose Hill team that is, you know, rapidly improved, actually, even though that they're also are one and three. You know, they took Wichita Collegiate to overtime. So I, I do like Bueller in this game. I, I still would like to see a little bit more diversity in their offense. But you know what? Maybe at this point in the season, the, the, the strategy is just to defeat the beast right now. Maybe it's just to feed Sam Elliott and let him, you know, carry it. It, it, it. There's nothing really wrong with that. And, you know, run until someone proves they can stop it. Well, sometimes simplify is, is the best thing that you can do. And I, I don't know, I don't want to say that, you know, Bueller was trying to do something um, uncharacteristic in their first couple of games and they've just simplified down now, but, I mean, I think they want to be a little diverse, especially, you know, if, if it always seems like their kryptonite is McPherson. Um, <laughs> whenever that comes up, I think I don't know that you can go beat a Mac team just running the football. Um, obviously, Bueller is very good at that. They have to do that some. But I do think that they want to be multidiversal. But when it comes to crunch time, especially in a close game, you know that that's the way they want to play is a, a little bit of power football. Yeah, and you talked about McPherson. That's actually the game that Bueller has coming up next week. And as of right now, well, actually, I remember you talking earlier this year about a potential trap game for Garden Plain when they played Sterling because it was kind of sandwiched in between a couple big games for Garden Plain, and you kind of called it it could be a trap game, and it was. Uh, when I'm looking at McPherson next week, and you know, maybe, perhaps this could be a trap game also for Bueller, but right now, McPherson actually doesn't have a game schedule this week. El Dorado is on uh, COVID lockdown with their football team. So McPherson's trying to find a, a game. And, boy, I tell you what, with Bueller looming for McPherson, I, I'm i wagering that they're going to do everything they can to try to find a game. They don't want to go into that Bueller game having not played in two weeks. Uh, absolutely. I, I, you want to – if you're playing well, which obviously McPherson – uh, they've been on a roll since the season started. I, you'd think they would try very hard to – to fill a schedule and, and not have a, a, a bye week. I mean, the other side is, gosh, if you had two weeks to pre prepare for Bueller, um, you'd certainly be prepared, but I think you want to keep your kids sharp. And if they can, if they can make a game happen, I certainly think they would want to. Yeah. And in the, the odd world that we live in right now, McPherson actually briefly scheduled Leavenworth. 
And then less oh, than wow. 24, then less than 24 hours later, that game was called off. So uh, hopefully McPherson gets a chance to play. It, it, it would be a, it, it's going to be a great matchup no matter what, but uh, you know, you, you just want to, you hate to see that these uh, teams that, you know, aren't uh, stricken with COVID have to, you know, pay, pay the price and not get a game in. Well, again, that is our 95, nine game Bueller at Augusta. 100.3, we talked a little bit about Trinity earlier. They beat Lions last week, 46 nothing. They are now ranked number four in Class 2A. They're going to be at Marion. you got opposite records here, 4-0 Trinity, 0-4 Marion. Marion lost at home, or excuse me, I've got that game as at Haven, 46-6. And then we mentioned Trinity, 48 nothing over Lions. I suppose this could be the trap game uh, that we we talk about some with Trinity at four and zero, Marion zero and four. But I I don't see the Celtics stumbling. They are playing some very good football. They're healthy, and they're on a roll right now. And they know they've got a couple of tough ones in district coming up. I don't see them losing focus at Marion. No, I agree with you, Scott. Uh, Marion scored just twenty points so far this season. Uh, it's been it's been a struggle for the Warriors so far. And like you said, this uh, Trinity team is, is, is healthy. Quarterback Lucas Hammock, he had four touchdowns last week, two rushing and two through the air. Uh, Walt Gray's had a very solid season running the ball. Andrew Bergmeyer had a couple touchdowns last week, and they haven't given up a point since week two uh, when they won 42-18 to at Chaparral. And, boy, I tell you, they, they just seem to be getting a little bit better every week, a little bit more diverse every week. And they're playing a lot of kids right now. This Trinity team, I tell you what um, – I think the sky's the limit for them right now. I mean, I, I like what I'm seeing from this Trinity team. And I think that right now, boy, I don't want to, I don't want to say how far they could go, Scott. They, they, they have the potential to really do something special. I think. I think they're believing that as well. And that's sometimes half the battle. You know, they had so many injuries last year to their team. And I mentioned they've been able to, to stay away from the injury bug this year. Those kids are playing well and, uh, we'll, we'll allude to them later and, and one of the other games we're going to look at. And we'll, so we'll get back to, to Trinity a little bit later. I'll keep that a secret from you for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm, it, I'm itching to talk about our game. I think we had this one circle starred and highlighted when the schedule came out, our, our kicks country game this week. We got number five in eight man division one, Little River. They're three and one. They are at number one ranked defending state champion, Canton Galva, who's four and zero, both teams rolled this last week. Little River won at home, fifty to nothing over Lincoln. Canton Galva at home blasted Bennington, sixty-six to zero. That one on Little River's loss came in overtime to the team ranked one spot ahead of them in the current poll. Clifton Clyde, that was a forty-two thirty-six overtime loss, and this one, oh man, I'm. I'm psyched about this one. We, we, we've got great teams. We've got great individual players. We've got great coaches in this game. I'm, I'm anxious to get to Friday and call this one. Yeah, coaches who both won state championships. Uh, Kevin Ayers had a lot of success. I believe he won a state title at Jetmore before they were uh, Hodgman County when they co-opted or combined with Hanston. Boy, what, boy, what, what, what a great time that was for, uh, for rural football in Hodgman County, Jetmore and Hanston. But uh, – yeah, that's uh, that. That is, this has the potential to be a lot of fun, Scott. Um, you know, Little River, as you mentioned, you know, just the one loss to, at Clifton Clyde, making the short trip over to Canton Galva this week, and you know, Canton Galva is not going to have many, and, and frankly, neither will Little River. 
they're not going to have many tests this year where I think they, they go into the game thinking, you know, we may actually play four quarters tonight. Uh, you know, you look at Canton Galva, they've only given up six points all year. They've mercy ruled all their opponents. And, uh, of course, Little River's same way, except for their loss to Clifton Clyde. They, they've just put a hurting on everybody. So this is going to be, you know, one of the top games in the state this week, Scott. Little River Sports, they've got this two-headed monster. When they come out of the huddle, you don't know whether Graham Stevens or Jaden Garrison is going to be quarterback, and you don't know where the other one's going to line up. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch. You know, Graham Stevens, uh, he, he's accounted for nine – or excuse me, ten touchdowns this year. He's got five rushing and five passing, and he's also the leading tackler. You know, we saw him get hurt in the opening game of the playoffs last year, and he was their, their best tackler, which really hurt them in their quarterfinal loss up there at uh, Wichita County. And then Jaden Garrison, this is amazing. He's got four receiving touchdowns of his five receptions. He's rushed for 10, and he's thrown for four. Uh, so, I mean, this offense is amazing to watch with 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 them because they'll go power football. They'll run a little option. They'll go shotgun, um, run three, four, even receivers out there. And they're fun to watch. And on the other side – is there any better player in the state at any level than Tyson Struber for Canton Galva? I mean, he does everything. He's, he's the workhorse on offense. He's a, he's a very good defender. Um, Canton Galva did graduate quite a few people, but obviously those younger kids that they brought up are playing fantastic football. And this is, yeah, I believe we're one of three radio stations at this game on Friday night. So obviously <laughs> uh, it's catching everybody's eye around the state. Yeah, it's not too often where you see a, a, a top five matchup like this, especially this deep into the regular season. Maybe we'll have something, you know, earlier on. But, uh, you know, to see a top five matchup, a genuine top five matchup, I mean, these are two teams that not only are going to be playing, you know, in district play, Scott, but we could see these teams also matching up in the playoffs. I mean, this is – this; these are clearly two of the best teams in eight-man one. Um, of course, you know, you got to throw Clifton Clyde in there also, who – and all three of these teams are actually on the eastern part of the state. So, I tell you what, this there, – there's going to be a lot of excitement. There's going to be a lot of uh, – I'm not sure if there's going to be any restrictions when it comes to fans coming up on Friday, but under normal circumstances, Scott, this is the kind of game that would draw – more than just standing room. I mean, there'd be people lined up around the track too deep. I mean, this that's how big of a game this is. From conversations I've had with their athletic director, I do not believe there are any restrictions on fans. Of course, the mask required and social distance uh, where possible. Uh, but, I, you know, if, if that's the, the true word, then this is going to be – I think that the track is going to be lined and – this is going to be this is going to be a fun one. Weather's supposed to be cool, beautiful, and I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see our best game of the season that you and I have seen. I'm again. I, I've been excited since I saw it on the schedule because we knew what these two teams were bringing back. So that's again our kicks country game of the week. Uh, more eight man action will be on the Ad Astra stream on Friday night. Uh, also, district play two and two Mound Ridge. And a travel to one and three Gossel, uh, Mound Ridge, a nice 42-34 victory at Medicine Lodge uh, on Friday night to get it to one and zero in the district. Gossel lost 42 to 14 to Argonia Attica, so uh, again, not a very long trip at all for Mound Ridge over to Gossel. Uh, but I think uh, I think these two teams just won 
one game different. I think these two teams are going to match up um, pretty well against each other, and this might be an interesting one on Friday as well. I was just kind of looking at the district alignment here, Scott. This is kind of weird that Canton Galva's on the eastern half of the state, and uh, Mountain Ridge and Gossel are on the western half of the state. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not a geography expert by any stretch of the imagination, but that just seems kind of odd to me. But anyway, uh, Mountain Ridge, you got to like how they bounced back from an 0-2 start. You know, they got mercy ruled by Chase County. They got mercy ruled by Canton Galva. And they've come back with two very nice wins, you know, where their offense has exploded for 90 points in their wins against Bennington and Medicine Lodge. So you, you got to respect how Mountain Ridge has come back from that tough 0-2 start. And, you know, going into this game with uh, with Gossel, you know, a, a team that's had a lot of success through the years. And, they, you know, they're, they're pretty well tested, too. I mean, they, they lost bad to Canton Galva. They lost bad to Little River. But, you know, who doesn't? Attica Argonia is, is one of the top teams in eight-man in eight man football. So, I, I agree, Scott. I, I don't know really what to make of this game. I think it's going to be a good one because you look at the records, and I think you can throw them out because both teams are pretty well tested. They've played, t- they've played some tough opponents, and I think uh, I want to throw my nose up at this game. I think this has the potential to be a pretty good game. Again, in district play, um, Gossel's thinking, hey, if we pick up a pick up a win, we'll have the same record as Moundridge in the district, and then, then they'll have the head-to-head if they were tied. So um, Gossel certainly – thinking that hey we can we can make a move here in the district if we can win this one at home so I'm like you uh, I'm going to be interested to see when the scores and the text start flying in on Friday I think this one we could be looking at a close game in the fourth quarter when when we get updates on this one and again that's our ad astra schedule a couple games that I uh, had in the area we wanted to talk about I know you're itching to talk about your salt hawks there they're four and oh now uh, they're ranked number seven, and I'm really disappointed. There's been a schedule change with this. They were supposed to play at Derby, <laughs> and Derby not playing again this week. They did not play last week. So um, two and two Andover has come in to um, fit that schedule. I did not see. Do you know where that game is at, Brad? Yeah, Hutch was supposed to play at Derby, Derby so yeah. they, they, they've been willing to go ahead and go to Andover. Okay, so in Andover, Andover last week uh, – uh, a close loss to Goddard Eisenhower, uh, sixteen to seven. So they are now two and two on the season. Hutch has got that Veer option rolling. They believe uh, they beat Newton last week. We talked a lot about that game, and it was close, but it, it turned into a shootout, which Newton can't seem to to stop anybody this year. Fifty four to forty two. So I think Hutch keeps it rolling this week. Um, just like you said, you don't want to take an off week when you. You don't have to, and they quickly got together with Andover, made this game happen, and I see Hutch going to five and zero. A part of me was a little disappointed. I was really hoping when I heard, well, first of all, I was disappointed that Hutch isn't going to play Derby because, you know, especially after the four and zero started, you really want to see how Hutch stacked up with Derby. But on the other hand, I was like, hey, you know, Hayes is looking for a game this weekend. Hayes is undefeated too in five A. So. Oh. But that that would have been a nice matchup. But hey, it is what it is, and, and you know, I'm just glad the Salt Hawks are playing Andover. And we've talked a little bit about Trinity's schedule and how you're looking forward that they could do this, they could do that. Well, if they if Hutch can beat Andover, they've got two of their probably most winnable games on the schedule in Salina South and Campus coming up. So if they can get by Andover, seven and zero is really a, a strong possibility going into what would be their regular season finale with Mays. May's at 4-0 right now, and they've got a chance uh, uh, with uh, May South and Derby coming up, uh, some tough games coming up for, for Mays. I'd say if Hutch can go into that game with Mays at 7-0, and 
the top seed on the western half of Class 5A would be in play for the Saltocks, I think. Now, Andover is amazing. That would be amazing after going two and seven each of the last two years. Now, Andover's not bad. They gave Mays a pretty good game, 20 to six. But the thing that uh, with Andover, they had a, a, a quarterback named Eli Feinenstock, who's a senior now. However, he has started since, a, since he was a freshman, but he's not playing football this year. He, uh, baseball is his number one sport. I think he's had some injuries, and he kind of figured, you know what? Baseball is my, my sport. I'm going to sit football season out and concentrate on baseball. So, a little bit, uh, th- their offense hasn't really been great. Six points with Mays, seven points with Eisenhower, 21 with Arc City. They did have 35 with Salina Central, but I just I, I don't see how Hutch's offense is, is going to be slowed in this game. I, I, I like Hutch to win this one, and maybe for the first time this season, you know, maybe win big. I don't look for this to be a trap game for Hutch either. It just seems like uh, they they have been focused. <clears throat> now they believe, and just like you said, that um, how amazing that could be that the, they could go in their final game of the regular season um, with the number one seed um, possible for them and where they could host every game in the playoffs that they won. So that's – I don't think they lose focus. I'm with you. I think they win this one comfortably. Um, at Andover the other very interesting one I told you I was going to get back to Hutch Trinity that's in the area is we've got newly ranked Haven they're number 10 in class 2a that's still weird for me to say they're in 2a Haven's (laughs) won three in a row they're three and one interesting matchup they go to Hillsboro Friday night Hillsboro's now two and two they were preseason ranked they've since fallen out of the rankings we mentioned um, Haven blasted Marion uh, 46 to six and uh, overtime victory for Hillsborough against Sterling 23, 17. Uh, Haven seems they have really figured some things out. The one loss was to Heston in, in week one when they felt that they um, were a little intimidated, I guess, just because it was Heston. They didn't feel like they played very well. I think it was 34 to 12. They lost that game. They've been rolling since then. And, and the interesting thing in this one, Haven wins this game, and and Trinity is right down the road for them on that schedule, and that would be for probably all the marbles in the district if they get past Hillsborough. And and I'm looking at a Haven team that's improving each week, and this will be an interesting matchup. uh, Boy, but wouldn't it be interesting if if they got to that Trinity game with just that one loss? Yeah, they've – we talked about how Trinity has slowly improved throughout the season and just seems like they've gotten better every week. Uh, you can say the same about Haven. Since that thirty-four to twelve loss to Heston, you know they put a thirty to nothing whipping on Smoky Valley. Then they beat Larned forty-six to forty-three, and then they beat Marion forty-six to six. I mean, they just their offense is just cooking right now, and the defense seems like it's getting better all the time. Uh, you know, the forty-three points to Larned uh, aside, and I tell you what, uh, boy, you, I like seeing different teams like this. You no, know, Haven hasn't had much success uh, since uh, Andy Dirks graduated back loan that maybe 2004 and I think they've had one playoff appearance since then uh, when Mike Self was the coach there they went five and five one season and it's just great to see someone a little bit different have this kind of success and you really feel happy for the community they haven't had a lot of, they've had they've always had good athletes at Haven they just have never been very good at football so it's it's coming together for them and it's very encouraging. I really think that Larner game kind of tipped the scales for them because we know Larner's a, a pretty good football team this year. And, and to win that shootout, I think they saw that, hey, we can play a good team 
and win in a way that we don't want to win, and particularly in a shootout as, as Haven, but they found that they could win that way, and then that really got the offense rolling, as, as you mentioned, now 46 against Marion, and now they play at Hillsborough, who's um, been struggling a little bit. They were preseason ranked, I believe. It was number number seven, I believe, in the preseason poll. They're two and two, and but they're thinking the same thing. If we beat Haven, and maybe maybe we get to that Trinity game um, with two losses, but only uh, maybe maybe we're undefeated in the district if you're Hillsboro. So uh, a whole lot on the line in this second district game for both teams. <laughs> Can we talk about Larned for just a quick second? I just clicked on their schedule here, Scott. They had their season opener with Lions canceled, all right? Here's who they've played since then. Hoisington, Haven, Pratt. This week, they have Holcomb. Ooh. And and they wrap up the season with Cheney. I tell you what, the, the, their coach needs to talk with their AD about that scheduling. I mean, the only thing missing is like the Chiefs right now. Yeah, they, they, again, we, we, we've seen some schedules this year that we need some firings <laughs> over. I, I got to get a petition going or something. Some of those schedules are ridiculous. You know, we talk, <laughs> right. I mean, the Halstead game last week. Who in their right mind is playing Hoisington right before you get into that district, which has Andale, Heston, Collegiate, <laughs> Clearwater all in that district? You, you want, oh, let's warm up with Hoisington. There's a good idea. <laughs> oh, I tell you, it was so. It's there's some great high school games uh, this Friday night um, on Ad Astra and around the area. Unfortunately, uh, for the second time in four weeks, there will be no Sterling Warrior football on Saturday this week their um, scheduled home game with St. Mary has been postponed uh, so the Warriors will have to wait until the following weekend to travel to friends and this past weekend uh, I don't know if you saw any write-up on it Brad I'll kind of try to keep it short but it was a uh, what a nightmare it was for the Warriors they're now 0-2 they fell to a really I mean this is a really good Bethel Ball Club that runs the Veer and the triple option. 51 to 21 was the final uh, game in which Bethel ran it 71 times for 394 yards. Three running backs, including both of their fullbacks, were over 100 yards rushing. You know, the edge pitch just went for big yardage plays all evening long. Time of possession 42 to 18, uh, plus two for Bethel on the turnover margin. And they ran 33 more plays than the Warriors did, but but the big thing coming out of this was that second quarter. Uh, Sterling had four players injured in that quarter. The first three were removed from the field on stretchers and taken to the hospital, and the fourth was their backup quarterback who was starting, and they needed the cart to help him off the field. Um, it was a scene like I have never seen before uh, in any level of football that I have been at a game to not only to see one person um, have to be taken to the hospital, but to see three in the same quarter and another one have to be taken to the trainer's table with the gator coming out on the field. Now I am told, I don't know um, extents of the injuries. The first two collided uh, head-to-head on a little pooch kick one was coming from one direction one from the other on the kickoff and they hit head-to-head I'm told that um, they're they were doing well that they're expected to recover the nose tackle that was injured um, 
I don't know. I think it was a leg injury that could have been serious. And then the, I don't know on their their backup quarterback who is who got the start and was playing well when he got hurt. It, it could be anything from an ankle to a hip. I have heard, but. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing for this team to have this weekend off after all that, because they, they clearly lost focus. It was a 16-7 game when all this started, um, and they and you can't blame them. I mean, their heads – you can't get back in a game when you see your teammates get injured like that. And so I, I'm yet to decide whether they need to be playing or a week off is a good thing after all that. I'd probably say a week off is probably the best thing for them right now. Uh, that, that seeing your teammates go down, like multiple teammates go down like that, is not the easiest thing in the world. And, you know, after playing Bethel, uh, boy, that, that's going to be a, a rugged uh, task for anybody. I guess on the other hand, sometimes they do think, uh, you know, coaches and players do think that sometimes the best thing for you is to get right back out there and get at, get after it. So, and the one thing that, you know, you never want to see players go down, but it does allow you to build up some depth, perhaps. And so, uh, you know, we're not going to know long term if that was a good thing or a bad thing, you know, getting the week off uh, this week. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, maybe getting some time and some opportunity to refocus maybe may not be the worst thing in the world for the for the Warriors. Well, we'll hope that's the case, because, I mean, the, the nose tackle that got hurt in this game, he was the. On the depth chart, the second nose tackle, the other one was expected to play. The starter did not. He was hurt in week one, so they would be. They were down to their their third nose tackle. Um, the, in the collision, they lost a receiver and a linebacker, and then of course their backup quarterback. And they were expected if they played this week to have their starter back, but they they played uh, two and a half quarters with a wide receiver at quarterback. <laughs> on Saturday he was a high school quarterback at Augusta Chance Whiteheads a lot of people know his name yep. and he he did a he did a good job I mean he he led a couple of drives but uh, I said Bethel uh, you know if you weren't a Sterling fan that that triple option is a thing of beauty to watch when it's when it's rolling and they they had it rolling and um, Sterling just was unable to to stop it so we'll see what they can do and we'll talk a lot more about the Warriors um on our podcast next week when they are scheduled to travel and play the friends Falcons. Uh, now it's that time of week that Brad and I, hate. we're going to talk about KU football. Uh, <laughs> they actually, you know, for a while it was in doubt the way things had gone at Baylor, but they did get to play the Baylor bears this last Saturday. Um, after it being seven, seven, it got out of hand and KU lost 47-14 at Baylor. I, I got in on the very tail end of this game after the Sterling game had concluded on my way home. And uh, this young kid, the Daniels kid, um, I think he's a freshman. They put in there in the last quarter at quarterback. Mm -hmm. And they were just raving about this young man. I think he did get them into the end zone for their second touchdown. They're talking about his athleticism and how much they like him. Um, I have not seen if he's expected to start this week of, of all things they have to uh, host number 17 Oklahoma State who's now 2-0 and after they beat West Virginia 27-13 to so um, it was kind of the same old story for KU they they the defense was out there most of the game they, they couldn't get any consistent drives going against Baylor uh, anything you see different this week against the Pokes well, I'm I'm a little disappointed in something, Scott, and that's Puka Williams just has not seemed to get the ball as much as he should be. Now I know he's not the biggest back in the world, but 
Puka Williams is is a special player, and, and let's face it, the Jayhawks don't have many, but Puka Williams is a special football player. And I remember a couple of years ago when he was suspended for the season opener against Nichols State, which the Jayhawks lost, and I had a couple of students over at Hutchinson Community College from Louisiana, a couple of football guys, and I remember one of them said, hey, you don't know what you guys got with that Puka Williams. I said, he's going to be something special. And he just didn't get the ball very much early in the game when it was still a game. I think he had six touches by half day, maybe eight, something like that. And I'm looking at their season stats, and uh, he's he's only carried the ball 26 times this year. I know they've gotten behind, and they got to start throwing the ball. I get that. But that's just an average of 13 uh, carries per game. That's, that's not enough for a player of Puka Williams' stature. He also only has three catches for 24 yards so far this year. I just – I, I, I don't know. I just I'm perplexed why a player of his caliber is not getting the ball more. It's just it's just I, I, I don't know, Scott. I mean, am I wrong here? And am I, am I missing something? I, uh, obviously, their most talented offensive player uh, that they have. I got to say 20 plus touches a game for him. And I don't care how they come. Um if they if they've run him 20 times or if they find some unique ways some swing passes um some wheel routes uh, however you can get him the ball you've got to get your most talented players the football more and like you said 13 rushes and obviously three receptions in two games so basically 14 touches a game is not going to get it done uh, for that KU offense he's he has got to touch the ball more and like I said I don't care how you get it to him um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe he's, he needs to be in the return game as well. I mean, get mm-hmm. him out there as, as much as you can and, and get him the football. And another one I'm looking at is Andrew Parchman, who had a great season last year. Two, two games, nine catches for 68 yards. As long as been 14, you know, he, Parchman's a good receiver. I, I don't know. I, I, this offense is just, it's just a, it, it's a hot mess right now. And hopefully Jalen Daniels, you know, 20 for 35 so far for 172 yards, no interceptions, nothing to sneeze at. I think that uh, maybe they found something with Daniels. Uh, unfortunately, this is going to be a tough going uh, playing Oklahoma State. Unfortunately, the ESPN game on 230. So uh, I do think they are allowing fans this week, though, Scott. So um, I don't know that that's going to probably not help very much at all. But, it, it, you know, we talked about this before. At some point, we got to see improvement from this KU team. And through two games this year, I'm not seeing it. Any question that Daniels gets to start this week? I think at some point you just got to say, forget it. This is this is our guy. You know, uh, you, you're you're not you're not competing for a conference championship this year. You're not competing for anything. You're not competing for a bowl game. Although they have re- waived the restriction for bowl games this year, but uh, <laughs> I think at some point you just say, forget it. This is our guy. We're, we're going to roll with this guy this year. I think you got to roll with him because the winnable game you that when we saw the schedule you lost in week one, right? Uh, and if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna bump up recruiting, you you've got to put some wins out there. And I think right now I don't know if it's throwing the young man to the wolves or not, but I think you got to roll with it and let him take some knocks and learn from it, and 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 maybe he can maybe he can be the long awaited answer at quarterback really since well you got to go back to Todd Reising in those days for KU since um, they've had that guy they feel comfortable with again that as Brad mentioned the ESPN game 230 and of course that game also on 94-7 KSKU well we'll get to the world champion and still as of last night undefeated 
Kansas City Chiefs, they're 3-0. and uh, They defeated Baltimore at Baltimore 38-24. to And you look at the stats of that game, um, not as close as the score would indicate. Of course, they allowed a, a kickoff return for a touchdown. And really, the game got close when it was 27-13. The Chiefs were on the move. looked like a touchdown drive. Um, Darwin Thompson fumbled it and... Baltimore ended up getting a touchdown. Then the Chiefs turned it over on downs, and things were getting interesting there before uh, Mahomes led another touchdown drive to to stretch out the win for the Chiefs. So what did you think first before we get to the Patriot game this week of their uh, their performance against Baltimore? Well, first of all, I have to say uh, my, my uh, satellite provider uh, was on the fritz yesterday. Ooh. I did not get to watch the game, and I canceled – Dish Network over it today, so I'm in I'm in the world of streaming now. So I I, I subscribed to Hulu Live today. So uh, that, I told them that was unacceptable as a Chiefs fan that you guys can't get better service than that. So I did I did listen to the game, did catch some highlights. I saw the nice jump pass fake that Mahomes had. Um, a little interesting that Harrison Bucker was one who struggled more than anything else. But if you look at what they did yesterday, I mean, look who scored the touchdowns. You know, Mahomes had a touchdown run. Anthony Sherman had a touchdown reception. Eric Fisher had a touchdown. Yes, he did. (laughs) Get a lot of this, Scott. I didn't believe it at first. Eric Fisher is the first number one overall draft pick to catch a touchdown pass in the NFL since Keyshawn Johnson. I did not know that. That just that 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 blows my mind that Eric Fisher is the first overall draft pick to catch a touchdown pass since since Keyshawn. But boy, that you know, the I, I think right now. With the Chiefs and the Ravens, I think it's mental on both sides. I think that the Chiefs, maybe it's just matchups. Maybe the Chiefs just match up well with this Ravens team. But I think right now the Chiefs have proven that they uh, that they kind of own the Ravens right now. Now that maybe that doesn't mean in the long run they're they're going to be the top seed in the AFC playoffs. But that that's a big win for tiebreaker purposes. And and what's more, I think it's a big win for psychological purposes. Well, the Chiefs, I, I was able to watch virtually all the game. We got home after it started, but I. I paused it so on the YouTube TV there, so we were able to watch the whole thing. They really dominated this game. I mean, it, it really should have been more than 14 points. Uh, Mahomes, the offense seemed to move at will. I was really encouraged from what I saw from their defense because uh, Lamar Jackson – he was held under 100 yards passing and yep. rushing. I think he was 97 passing and 88 rushing. Yep. Uh, they just really made – he was not a non-factor in the game, of course. I mean, the only reason they had the points they had, um, other than their special team score, was because he, he did make some plays. But they were, able to, they were able to get after him. I believe they sacked him four times, uh, got pressure on him where he had some errant throws. And, and I think he even said, uh, he calls Kansas City their kryptonite right now, that they're Owen, he's 0-3 against the Chiefs. I think it is in their head quite a little bit. And, I mean, there's no doubt the Chiefs beat a really good football team, and they, they beat them handily, um, which brings it – I kind of like the idea of that because they play the Patriots this week who are 2-1. and one. They're going to play them at Arrowhead. But, again, you're talking about a running quarterback. Now, I know Cam Newton, he's more of a power runner, of course, than Lamar Jackson is – more your finesse runner, but still you're playing a team that features their quarterback in the run game a lot. Um, so what do you think about the Chiefs and the Patriots? And again, this game could go a long ways towards that 
coveted one and only buy for the top seed this year. If they have a win against both Baltimore and New England, there's two of your top teams in the AFC that they would have the head-to-head on. Yeah, and those are uh, two teams that are probably going to be at the top of their divisions come the end of this season. Uh, I, I fully expect Baltimore and the Patriots to win their respective divisions this year. You don't like the and, Bills, huh? Well, I'm not, I'm not sold on the Bills yet. I, uh-huh. I do think the Bills are good. I, I do expect the Bills to make a playoff push. I do expect the Bills to maybe even push the Patriots. But, you know, I, I, I've long thought that New England was more about Bill Belichick than Tom Brady. Now, that's not to say that Brady doesn't deserve the accolades that he has earned. He absolutely does deserve them all. But I, I just think that this, what, what the Patriots built was more about Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick than anything else. And I really think that the, I, I like the Patriots again. They, they seem to have, a, you know, they don't have Tom Brady anymore, of course. But this is going to be a very good team come the end of the season. I, I still think the Patriots are, are the favorites to win the AFC East. I do like the Patriots. And then uh, it, it, it's going to be a fun game, I think. Uh, but I, I, I do like the Chiefs in this one again. I do too. You know, B- Bill Belichick always seems to be able to uh, take away what you do best. But holy cow, with the Chiefs, who do you take away? I mean, if I was a third receiver in this offense, I would love it. I mean, if <laughs> you double team Hill and Kelsey, I'm going to get a lot of balls, you know, and they've got very good third, fourth, and fifth options. I mean, my gosh, they can bring in Sammy Watkins. They've got uh, McCall Hardman Hardman that, you know, just burned that Baltimore defense for a deep score. Um, Anthony Sherman caught a touchdown pass, a a little underhand throw from Mahomes on that scoring uh, play. I mean, what do you take away? Then We're not even talking about um, Clyde Edwards Air right now and what an addition he's been in the running and the passing game he's a great receiver so I don't know that I don't know that even Bill Belichick can come up with a way to um, take away what Kansas City does best because they do so many things so well and here's something else I think with this Chiefs team is is has done so far I think they relish the challenge Scott I think they relish the challenge of going to Baltimore on Monday Night Football. I think they relish opening the season with a Texans team that you know was eager to play the Chiefs after the playoffs last year. And I think they relish going to, to Los Angeles to play the Chargers, a team that some people thought could challenge the Chiefs for the AFC West this year. I really think the Chiefs are, thrive on these challenges, and this is going to be another one. And, and I really think that you know it, it's not often you see a team win a Super Bowl you know, maintain that hunger or even get hungrier. But it seems like that's what the Chiefs are right now. It just seems like they relish these challenges in and that they enjoy the challenge of repeating a Super Bowl champion, kind of like what the Royals did in 14 and 15. I think the Royals enjoy the challenge of getting back and, and some unfinished business. Obviously, there's no unfinished business for the Chiefs this year, but it seems like that they only almost enjoy saying, hey, doubt us. We're going to show you guys that we can do this again. I, I agree. They they do seem seem to have that kind of moxie to they certainly want to win another championship. But I think they want to build a dynasty there with behind right. Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill. I mean, these guys are young. Uh, yeah, they're 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 maybe going into their prime, and that's scary to think about how good they already are. But uh, maybe their their prime is a little higher ceiling yet. So I think they want to show that not only are we the current world champions, that we're going to be a title contender for 
I don't want to say the next decade, that's probably too long in, in football terms, but the next five or six years that you are going to have to contend with Arrowhead Stadium and the Chiefs if you want to win a championship. And I'm with you. I I think they relish that challenge. And I know Andy Andy Reid does. It comes comes from the top down. And I think he says, bring it on because I'll have a game plan that that you can't beat. Yeah, he, he, he seems to enjoy coming up with those. He, he's had plays probably ready for, for years that he's going to bring out. So that's uh, that's all the games that we had set to talk about. So just throw in a final thought. I'll, I'll go first with mine. Mine really is just out to the to the Sterling Warriors this week as they, they try to um, you know, get, get their kids healthy. I, you know, I'm praying that all nothing was major uh, or everybody's going to recover just fine. Um, from all those injuries on Saturday and that they can they can get a good week and a half or so of practice in and get back out on the field and, and try to get their first win next weekend. I said that's that's something I've never seen before, and I certainly hope to never sit through a game and watch <laughs> um, that many kids get injured in the same game again. So that's kind of that's where I'm going to leave my final thoughts for tonight. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to say that um, you know once again I I, I know I've been kind of uh, I, I've really enjoyed what uh, we've seen from uh, area football so far this year, especially right here in the city of Hutchinson. You know, with uh, with the Salthawks going four and zero, and now you've got the Trinity Catholic Celtics at four and zero, and the Bueller Crusaders at two and one right now. I, I I think you you know fans need to be appreciative of what they have when things are good because like we saw with the Salthawks. You know, they had a dominant dynasty for most of the century and then back to back two and seven seasons. And you're thinking, wow, you know, how did this happen? Now they're four and oh again. I really hope that fans not only appreciated the dynasty when it was around, but I hope they appreciate that this, the, what these salt talks this year are doing. Absolutely. I, um, you see teams like that that dominate for a while and, and it just becomes kind of second nature to fans. And then, all of a sudden when they're not winning they they lose those fans for whatever reason that's that's really not a fan that's kind of a bandwagon to me um so it so it is nice to to see them back and and winning once again and we always want to remind you mentioned the fans that just please continue to um, adhere to whatever wherever you're going because it's everybody knows it's one of the frustrating things the protocols and everything are going to be different from week to week Yep. Where you go, how many fans can come in? Do you have to distance? Do you have to wear a mask? Please just be flexible so the kids can continue to play and you can continue to go out and and watch the games and leave the politics at home and just go out, adhere to the protocols, and enjoy watching these kids compete because I know you and I are having a blast this year. Absolutely, Scott. Uh, I had, did uh, jot down – the list of where you can find our podcasts at this week. And it's oh, still yeah. growing. It's, I'm still getting emails from Anchor pretty much every other day about a new uh, platform. But here's a, here's a comprehensive list as of Tuesday night, uh, September 29th, of where you can find our podcast. So obviously we, we record them on the Anchor app, and you can find them at Anchor. Uh, Anchor.fm is the, is the website that you can find our podcast on. Here's some other places you can find them. Spotify is a well-known uh a medium to find uh, music and podcasts. You can find it at, at, at Spotify. You can also find them at the following places. Overcast, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. 
Now, I haven't heard of most of those, Scott, but if you're familiar with any of those, uh, those are some of the uh, places right now where our, our podcast will be found. Oh, excellent. So um, if you're tired of us in one place, you can go to another. That's what I always <laughs> say. <laughs> well, again, uh, it's been been a pleasure. And again, and everybody enjoy the games. Uh, 94-7 Lions at Sterling. Bueller to Gusta on 95-9. 100.3 as Trinity at Marion. Brad and I will have our extended pregame at 6.30 on Friday on Kicks Country 106 for Little River at Canton Galva. And the stream game this week, Mound Ridge at Gossel. So that's our podcast tonight. So for Brad Howyer, this is Scott Hogan and View from the Press Box. Enjoy the games and God bless.